Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores, to another episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, game trends at BetOnline. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. And joining us on the Carne Asada is former Dodger and now newest member of Spectrum Sports Net LA. That is James Loney. James, bienvenido. ¿Cómo estás? Está bien. Tranquilo. ¿Y tú? Oh, look at that. See, James already gets the show. Dropping <laughs> drop the Spanish, man. I mean, that, that's a guy who knows Los Angeles. Uh, James, I, I, I want to get straight into it because the big announcement, it turns out, at FanFest was not Valenzuela getting his number retired. It was you joining Spectrum Sportsnet LA, right? Uh, yeah, that was kind of where it was announced. And, uh, you know, my boy Dave Vasse put it out there for everyone. So uh, it was a great time to do it at FanFest. And uh, I'm excited to keep going. So you, I mean, this is not your first rodeo. I've seen you on CBS. Were you, was this the master plan after you finished playing that eventually you would transition into television? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily say master plan. You know, I think I always wanted to stay in baseball in some capacity. Uh, you know, I have two little kids at home, so I was trying to coach them and find something that would fit my schedule. And the coaching route was just, you know, so crazy. And you're there longer than the players. So it's just one of those things I just felt like, you know, I thought TV would be good for me. Uh, I like talking about the game, analyzing it, especially with former players and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was something I definitely had in the back of my mind. So how much did you pay attention to analysts when you were playing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you pay attention. You know, there's a lot of times. Yeah. You know, oh, man, I would have said something different there. You know, I could have <laughs> made that a little funny or something like that. Um, but, you know, it's not it's not always easy, right? Like you're on the spot, you know, you're trying to come up with things. So uh, I definitely respect the craft. And, um, you know, I'm definitely still watching guys and learning and trying to trying to grow. So there was never a time when you wanted to call up to the booth and be like, hey, dude, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Why, why would he think that? I mean, is that a legitimate concern once you cross the line? Is there a little bit of us versus them, even though you used to play the game? I mean, I didn't really hear too much that was that crazy where you're going to try to go up to the booth. You know, I think sometimes guys just try to you know fill in at times with words and just you know keep it going. But um you know, I don't think I remember anything where it was, was worth uh, getting up there for. There you go, Alicia. He's a pacifist. What, what do you want from the guy? Such a <laughs> pacifist. I love it. I love it. I was going to actually take that route. Okay. I remember interviewing you, Mr. Loney, and you were actually one of the more quiet, reserved ones. I mean, I had no idea that this was was, was this a dream of yours to pursue broadcasting the game that you love. And also, uh, I see a huge piano behind you. <laughs> Is that another, you know, dream we're going to see come to fruition? Tell me about that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was pretty quiet. I would say, you know, when I played, I was just so focused. I always felt like I'm ne I wasn't necessarily one of the best players throughout my whole career. You know, when I went to high school, you know, I did pretty well, but like after that, I always felt like I had to just keep working and like, 
you know, it's like, oh, these, I got to get better than this guy or I got to try to stay in the big leagues, like do whatever it takes. So I think that was part of, of that for me. Um, and I was just just so like, I was like, oh, we got to win. Like, right? like the hours were long and it was just one of those things like I didn't talk about the game too much, but I always felt like I had the thoughts in my head or, you know, maybe some close friends to me. I would let that out, too. Um, but it's but it's a beautiful thing now where it's like I feel like a lot of people didn't expect that for me. Mm-hmm. And then later on in life, they're like, oh, yeah, he actually talks a little bit or, you know, he has some things to say. So um, I enjoy that part of it. And then, yeah, the piano thing. Um, yeah, I mess around a little bit, you know, uh, we'll Uh-oh. see down the line. <laughs> oh, watch out, John Legend. Um, yeah, coming. <laughs> congratulations. Seriously, uh, James, I'm so happy for you. I like that you admit that it was a surprise. And what has been the feedback? I mean, I can tell that at FanFest, fans were really receptive. But have you gotten a lot of feedback? And has it been all good? Because I know our guys here at Bleedlos love it. Yeah, I mean, the, the feedback I've gotten has been uh, positive. You know, I think the biggest thing is they say I come off pretty natural, um, you know, which is easy for me to do, right? It's just, you know, talking the game. You know, I'm not trying to make anything up, just coming right at you. And then, um, you know, just coming from my perspective, right? Maybe having a story that, you know, that I had in the minor leagues or whatever it is, or having a story about another guy and maybe his mentality at the plate. So just really trying to bring my unique perspective to the game and, uh, you know, see how people embrace it. Very cool. Were there broadcasters that you gravitated toward that you had, you know, a lot of respect for or you liked or you would you know, want to follow in their footsteps when you were coming up and going and playing for the Dodgers? Yeah, there was this guy, Vince Scully. You know, I think he <laughs> oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, he was, he was pretty him. decent. He's pretty decent. <laughs> great storyteller and great and great guy. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely at the top of the list. So I grew up in Houston. You know, um, I got, I guess, still I'll say I'm an Astros fan. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't have to say fan. I'll say I was, you know. I get it's one it. One of those things, it. you know, I'm from there. So I always have a little part of me there. But, you know, I, I understand what the what happened in the World Series. So, uh, you know, if you ever want to, you know, get on me for that, it's all good. <laughs> no, we understand, right, Juan? We respect loyalty, actually. I mean, it's you weren't on that team. So you get yeah, everybody makes everybody makes mistakes, guys. Come on. <laughs> whoa, whoa, don't take it that far. <laughs> I mean, look, we're getting at now it's about, what, five years, six years removed from that. The Astros went ahead and won a World Series. Uh, James, if that would have happened to you, if you were on that team playing against the Astros, does there ever come a point where you can put it behind you? I mean, don't you have to at someone some point in order to move forward? I mean, I think so, especially as a player, because it's like if you're seeing other guys doing it and it's not really getting talked about, you know, to stop. I just feel like, oh, this is maybe what the big leagues is like, especially as a young guy coming up. And you're like, oh, I'm just taking, you know, the advantages where I can and we're trying to get an edge. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think they also knew that the consequences wouldn't be harsh enough, which, you know, a lot of people still say it wasn't right. They still got to keep the trophy. So for me, it's like, all right, it was that bad of a um scandal you know if it's something that shouldn't have happened then they probably should have gotten the trophy taken away yeah i i I think that's the big thing right is if i think if they would have just not declared a winner that year and just said it was vacant i mean it it happened with the the strike in 1994 i i think people would have been okay with it but because there was no action like that i think the fans have taken it upon themselves to try to hold (laughs) the astros accountable because every time they show up to another stadium even if there's only a couple of people on the team left on there, they oh, yeah. still boo everybody, right? I mean, do you yeah. do you think that's still merited? Yeah, I mean, they're going to boo the mascot. They don't care, you know, <laughs> who it is, <laughs> right? You know, it's all about, you know, if they have Houston on their jersey. So, uh, and I get that. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I kind of like that, you know, coming from different fan bases. It's like, all right, you know, let them have it. It is what it is. But I also respect the Astros for coming back last year and doing what they did and win the World Series with all the um, criticism. Yeah. Uh, so before we segue to the current team, I did want to ask you, being that you're now part of the Spectrum Sportsnet family, uh, we have friend of the carne asada and our favorite Blacksican. And it's okay. He gave me permission <laughs> to call him the Blacksican. 
But do you ever feel competition with Jerry Harrison? Because, you know, he's a hot dog when he's out <laughs> there. He likes to entertain. And all uh -huh. of a sudden on Twitter, he's become this NBA analyst because uh -huh. he's always <laughs> dropping, you know, nuggets about the Lakers, how they're the deepest team in the, in the NBA and they're barely getting into the play-in. But is there a little bit of a one-upmanship there, being that you're the new guy and Harrison's trying to show off? Uh, honestly, I really don't think so because I feel like me and him have a such such a good relationship, and it's almost like he's like a big brother to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he doesn't he doesn't have a bad bone in his body, you know. I mean, like you said, he loves the camera, right? He wants to all the snaps, you know. He loves it, but he embraces it. He embraces that role, you know. He's like, I know I'm that guy, you know. What I mean, so you always respect a person like that uh, when they embrace, you know, who they are. And uh, he's great. You know, he's, I feel like we're, we're a good team. You know, we're our personalities are different, but we can um, go back and forth at each other when we can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It is but the fact that it, it's, it comes off as genuine with him and it doesn't it come off as fake. I think that's the reason why it works. OK, uh, so it seems like uh, everybody's dropping like flies now in Dodgers camp. We had the horrific Gavin Lux injury, but now Gonsolin's ankle. Now we don't mm -hmm. even know if he's going to be ready for opening day. Uh, the, I mean, there was already questions about the Dodgers depth going into the season. These types of injuries, it's never good to have an injury, but the fact that it's happening at spring training is that easier for the Dodgers to be able to deal with it? Well, I mean, it's easy to prepare, you know, especially with the depth they have. Um, look at like Michael Grove or Ryan Pepio. You know, these guys, I believe, can step up. You know, they have the type of stuff. So now it's just when they get under the lights, right, you know, during the big games, are they going to be able to handle the pressure? Uh, but only time will tell. But, you know, yeah, like I said, it's better that happens early in spring training because you now you can see these guys uh, more often and, and get a feel of, you know, do I want to use these guys in the bullpen? Or do I want to use them as a starter? So you're able to, um, you know, arrange your order a little better from the beginning. So, I, I mean, I, I see, I feel like when Lux went down, everybody started saying, well, that means Altman's now going to be in. Do you think, though, because of the Lux injury that maybe they carry an extra infielder? Or is it because they're moving Chris Taylor into the infield, you have that luxury of carrying an extra outfielder? Yeah, I mean... The word is Mookie Betts is the extra infielder. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, he, he came up playing second base through the minor leagues and uh, he's been turning some double plays, you know, been working with the coaches and stuff like that. So we'll see. I mean, to me, I think it's more about, you know, who you're going to get the most production from. Uh, I do like James Outman. You know, I feel like he's got the confidence. He's got the swagger. He goes up there ready to hit. And I like seeing that. And he's got power to all fields. So I think if he continues to have a really good spring, you know, you could see him make the team for sure. Uh, before I throw it to Alicia, I do want to ask you, there's all this talk about a youth movement with the Dodgers, with all these young kids. I remember the, the last time there was a youth movement <laughs> that had success with it. You were a part of it, man. I mean, I still, like it happened yesterday, that grand slam that you hit in Wrigley Field, like to me, that was like the beginning of, oh, that's it. We're going to go. This is, a, this is a dynasty happening. I mean, the Dodgers are going to be good like forever. How was it, though, playing with guys that you came up with in the minor, in the minor leagues and now you guys are playing together in the majors. Does, did that help? I think so. I mean, at the time, you don't think about it too much, right? You're just almost, you're out there almost every day playing. You know, you're trying to win a game. You're trying to stay in the big leagues. But you're enjoying the ride, you know, especially you know, having that many guys up there. And then we're mixed in with, you know, great veteran guys too. So we always felt like we had a chance to win. Uh, but I think now that we look back at it, we're just like, wow, like that's pretty special. You know, not a lot of guys get to do that. And not a lot of guys get to stay on the same team for how, as long as we did. So, um, you know, we didn't get to win that World Series, but we were pretty damn close. So uh, the Phillies just kept knocking us off. There you go, Alicia. I, yeah. I mean, I, didn't you, when, when Loney hit that grand slam, didn't you think he's going to take over for Mr. Stop Short? That's the new Garvey right there. That, that's what we were going to see. <laughs> Absolutely we did. And I can't even imagine what that was like for you, James. And and speaking of that old team that my, my colleague just brought up, do you still hang out or talk to any of those uh, old guys? I say that. <laughs> the old I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> oh, kidding. she just called you old. <laughs> they called me, but I'm, now I'm the old guy too. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, like, how about our, our friend, uh, Mr. Kemp or, or any of those guys? You guys hang out? You guys still bowling? Like, what's the deal? 
<laughs> well, it's funny, like you would think that, right? Sometimes, but it's like guys are so spread out, right? Like, you know, I'm from Texas, but Camp, he's from Oklahoma. He's back there, but I'm living in LA now. You know, Andre's in Arizona, Russell Martin's in Florida. Um, you know, Kenley Jansen, he's, he's in LA, but he's, you know, playing for the Braves. So it's just like, everybody's so spread out. You know, you try to keep in contact with guys or when you see them at certain places like that, you know, people got their families now. So like, I mean, it sounds cool to like, you know, try to hang out, but everybody's just, everybody's spread out and, uh, you know, it makes it hard. I know. And I was going to, the thing with doing these on Zoom is I have to go back a couple of questions because I wanted to talk about Mookie playing second mm -hmm. base. I apparently am the only one on this podcast who's really affected by that. Like, I'm really <laughs> unsure about that decision. Okay. <laughs> Not okay. that what I think matters, but in my world, as a diehard fan, um, I, you know, he's playing second base for Team USA. And is this just a, is this a way to buffer it for us that he's just going to be at second base, which has my mind whirling about the outfield and maybe is this too soon? I mean, you're a former player. Can you just calm me down and tell me it's going to be okay? <laughs> It'd be okay. Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, defense is obviously really important, but, you know, if you got a guy like James Altman or another guy that can take over in the outfield with offensive production and Mookie can slide in a second, um, you know, it's not a bad idea as long as he can handle the job. And, uh, you know, I think for him right now, it's just getting the reps, just getting used to playing. Like, just because we're seeing him out there with Team USA or the Dodgers in spring training doesn't necessarily mean he's really going to play there a lot. I think it's just getting him comfortable there and, you know, getting him the reps. So uh, I think I think he'll be okay. Don't don't worry too much. <laughs> so just breathe, right? Just breathe. Just no pasa and, nada, Alicia. James is telling you, no pasa nada. Okay, just breathe. And, and speaking of, since we're on that trajectory, how do you think that Dodgers will do this year? I personally think it's a good thing that they don't have a target, at least not like mm -hmm. the previous seasons. Right. But I feel like San Diego's team is is uh, getting all that attention. That's fine with me. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. No, I agree. I was thinking about that earlier. You know, the Dodgers are, I mean, they're obviously, they're still picked to win by just, I think, a slight margin. But, you know, it's like I said, it's not all the hype. And, you know, they're coming off last year, losing to the Padres. So I'm okay with that because they're still deep with um, starting pitching. They still have a great offense. You know, I think they're going to surprise teams. You know, a lot of people were talking about the Kansas City Chiefs this year as a rebuilding football team. And yeah. they still had a guy named Patrick Mahomes and they still had Travis Kelsey. So it's not, yeah, I don't understand, you know, why people were down on the Chiefs. Um, you know, obviously they won a Super Bowl. So uh, now I look for the Dodgers to go deep in the playoffs, you know, with the depth they have. And, um, you know, I think for them it's, you know, I'd like to see them against the Padres again to get that rematch. Uh, it would be great Ooh. for the fans and, you know, just great for baseball. And how fun for you. You're going to have, like, that front seat through everything. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be exciting. Yeah, right? Um, what? A, well, I'm going to turn it over to Juan because I don't want to keep harping on the Mookie thing. I'm really trying to work myself <laughs> through it. But, uh, you know, let's just ask you one more thing about the WBC. Are you excited for the World Baseball Classic? Because we are here at Bleed Lows, right, Juan? Nah, I, I, look, this guy played in the KBO League. So, I mean, <laughs> James knows what international play. I don't know if you've seen the highlights in Chinese, I mean, Taiwan. I mean, against the Chinese Taipei game, it sounded like it was a party. I know the Tokyo Dome was nuts. I mean, what was that experience like playing in the KBO League, James? Yeah, no, it's it's a big party. You know, there's uh, <laughs> music going on, some instruments being played, uh, dancers on top of the dugout and uh i like that it's a great atmosphere you know i played down in dominican republic too for winter ball and it was the same vibe you know it's the same energy the passion was there uh yeah i, mean, I wouldn't mind some of that over here in the states you know i think that'd be pretty fun Right. You know, I keep stressing to, to people, I went to the last WBC, and when Team Japan has a giant drum out in the Palenque, out in left field, it, I, I mean, the Puerto Ricans took over the grandstand, they just started <laughs> dancing, and, and, the, yeah. and the game hadn't even started yet. I mean, yeah. when you have that kind of energy in the stadium, does that translate to you guys? Do you guys pick up that vibe? Yeah, I mean, I do. You know, I love that. You know, I just love being a part of that, and you know, I think for me, it's like you're up in the box. Obviously, it's one of those things you're trying to concentrate. But at the same time, you're like, all right, these fans are behind me. Like, I want to give, give them something to cheer about. And, uh, you know, I love, you know, I love music. You know, like I, like I said, you were talking about the piano earlier. 
Um, you know, I've messed around with the other few other instruments. So I just feel like, you know, music's, you know, great for the soul. And it's just one of those things like, you know, it's like, why not? You know, I'm always kind of saying, why not? I mean, obviously the game's pretty, you know, traditional and a lot of people may be opposed to it. But, you know, I think we're trending in, you know, the way of getting rid of some of the old things and bringing in the new. Alicia, hop in. I know you were chomping at the bit. I was like, well, because of the music. And I love your connection to music, James Loney. But here at the Bleed Lows Podcast, we always try to ask our guests about the mariachis at Dodger Mm -hmm. Stadium. Most people, (laughs) most of our guests love the mariachi. Um, They don't have to necessarily be even Dodgers. But there was one Dodger who doesn't really like feel it. Should I name him or should we just move forward? Wow, but, man. You, 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 I mean, you might as well throw it out there. We're here. You're Bueller. Throwing... Bueller, yeah. Yeah, he's never coming on the show now. He's <laughs> never coming on the show. So I just think, you know, he probably just doesn't understand. And that's okay, you know. Yeah. But um, what are your Well, he told us he's from Kentucky. He didn't have mariachi in Kentucky. I mean, James is from Houston. I, there had to be mariachi in Houston, wait, right, wait, James? Wait. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's everything. You got, it's a melting pot for sure. Okay, but don't keep defending Kentucky, Juan, because my cousin <laughs> is engaged to a woman from Kentucky. And she talks about how the Mexican food is better in Kentucky than here. She goes on record. Wow. I want wow. to like arm wrestle her and everything, but she's like <laughs> inviting me. So where there's me, where there's Mexican food, there are mariachis. I just think they Got don't it. have mariachis at the Kentucky Derby. That's different. That's fair. <laughs> That's I get it. fair. No. It's okay to not understand the mariachis, but I want to know what your thoughts, James Loney. Do you like them? Do you do you wish there was less, more? Are you going to ever play with them? Like, what's up? <laughs> um, yeah, we might play them. Yeah, I'll take them out for sure. You know, I got a little electronic drum set. I mess around with the kids too. So, uh, How fun. I think I could pick it up. <laughs> I love it. So you don't mind the mariachi music when, you know, the game is on? No, no, I don't mind. You know, I remember they were uh, at FanFest too. So, uh, yeah. you know, definitely brought a lot of energy that day. Um, no, I'd like to see it for sure. Maybe bring them on the, because they're not on the field, right? As far as I no, remember. No. They're in no, like they- the outfield or yeah they're in the in the pavilion with the rest of the convicts i say hey (laughs) i say bring them on the field you know bring them on the field they go on the field (laughs) pregame for special occasions but uh, during the game every week when they are there they are out in the outfield and it is a party and i don't mind that you know yeah considering the majority of fans at most games are what like 65 70 percent latino mm-hmm. yeah so no you gotta you gotta play to uh you know the city and, the, and the, the vibe and you know like i said who's there so you know you can't, you can't please everybody but i would, I would definitely <laughs> do it <laughs> and on that note i'm gonna pivot to mr valenzuela were you surprised when also at the fan fest uh they announced that the Dodgers were going to retire number 34. Yeah, it was actually shocked to me. You know, someone told me there was going to be a big announcement that day. And, you know, I just didn't know, you know, what it was. And then I showed up. It was up. James Loney coming yeah, to Spectre Sports Loney. Net LA. That was the I big mean, announcement. I was like, oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for making that special. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, 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 it's, it's not about you. Uh, but no, it's special, you know, obviously, you know, for what he did for the city back then and for him to still be around the game. Uh, it's great. You know, it's great for the fans to see him, I think, up close and personal. You know, like, I feel, I feel like so many generations, you know, love him. You know, I feel like people that didn't even really see him play, you know, respect him and want his autograph. You know, one of even I've seen guys like kids wearing his jersey that I'm like, there's no way you even saw this guy play. <laughs> you know? so, um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Legacy, right? One legacy. No, a- absolutely. <laughs> it, which... Yeah, obviously culture, I, James said it, you know, you got to, it represents the city, but you're involved with the Players Alliance, right, James? Yes. So, I mean, we saw you at Mookie's uh, bowling event early in the year, benefiting 50-50. We, we've had Andre Jackson on the show talk about the Players Alliance. Uh, there was that in, in the All-Star game when Mookie wore that shirt saying we need more uh, African-Americans playing baseball. Uh, what 
I mean, what is your involvement? Because you were, when you were a kid, you were a part of the RBI program, right? I mean, that's how you got to play baseball, right? I played in it later on, you know, after um, I had started playing. Um, but it was definitely a great opportunity for me and just being able to play with those guys. And we actually went to uh, Disney World in Orlando, right? So we we're like 12 years old, you know, so how special is that? You get to stay on the resort, you get to play teams from LA or, you know, Kentucky or wherever. So um, it was pretty, it was pretty cool to do that. And um, yeah, for the Players Alliance, you know, it's really just trying to get guys, give them the spark to play. You know, it's not mm -hmm. necessarily like, oh, you gotta become a major leaguer, right? But it's like, look, you can have the opportunity to play. You know, we just gotta, you know, how can we get a field for you to play on or the equipment, right? That stuff's expensive. It's not just like football or basketball where you can just pick up a ball and pretty much go play in the street. So there's a lot of moving parts, you know, when it comes to organizing a game and getting guys together, uh, especially in different communities. Yeah, I, I think that's always going to be the challenge, right? It's just the fact that with basketball and football, I, I, I it's not... It's not accurate to say that there's any easier way to get to the to the big league and get paid real quickly, but mm -hmm. I do feel that there's a lot of athletes that don't want to sit there through the grind of playing in the minor leagues and getting bust. I mean, what was your minor league experience? I mean, did you know what you were getting yourself into <laughs> once you, you went into the minor leagues? I did not. I showed up first day, Great Falls, Montana. Um, then we had a, our first game was in Missoula, Montana. So we had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I think for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, and our locker room was a trailer. Oh. But wow. you're 18 years old. You don't care. You're right. You're, you're young. You're just like, oh, I guess this is what Meyer Leagues is about. And, uh, you know, you just try and work your butt off to, to get out of there and make it to the next level. So it was just one of those things like that's just how I always kind of approached it. You know, and I think it's, as, each level as I went up, it got better, right? You're like, oh, okay. The amenities get better. The playing um, gets better. The strike zone gets better. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just, um, you know, but but it's worth it, right? I mean, that's how it, that's how it is. That's how life should be, right? It's like, all right, we got to start somewhere, and, you know, we got an end goal. So, I mean, you really got to love it, right? I, I mean, and I think that's maybe what we got to do is get these kids to love mm -hmm. playing baseball where they – they are willing to put that up because I, I look, I have to say it, it'd be hard if I know I'm going to get a huge contract the minute I step out of college to go play in the NBA, you know, or, or the NFL. I, I think that's what baseball has working against it. Yeah, and no, I agree. And then, like as a hitter, it's not the easiest thing to do either, right? Like, you know, you, you always hear if you hit 300, you know, you're like a, you're a Hall of Famer, but that means you're getting out seven out of 10 times and you're not doing that consistently, right? Yeah. You know, I heard Mookie Betts talking the other day about he wanted to be consistent this year. But it's like, <laughs> does that does that really exist? You know, like, I mean, I, I understand what he's trying to say. But, you know, over the course of six months of, as a hitter, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs. It's just, you know, how do you can you bounce back quicker? And I think that's what he was trying to say is like, I want to be able to bounce back quicker. And that's hard to explain to a young kid. Right. Because kids always want to do good. I know by having my kids, it's like they just want to do well all the time. And I think as a hitter, you got to realize it's like, look, no, I'm not going to get a hit every time. But when can, can I make the adjustment quicker than the next person? Can I make the adjustment from pitch to pitch versus at, at bat to bat or game to game? So that's kind of what, you know, the mindset I would have. And I think for me, like I pitched in high school. So it wasn't, you know, I wasn't always just playing defense and hitting. So let's just say I didn't have a good game at the plate. Now it's like, all right, I'm going to take it, take it out on your ass when I'm pitching, you know, <laughs> that's how, that's how I kind of looked at it. So I just always felt involved in the game. There nice. you go. Uh, I, we want to be responsible. Go, go ahead. I just wanted to bring up one thing about that. When will major league baseball let the stars of MLB be stars? I mean, I really think that would help <laughs> young people, you know, mm -hmm. love baseball the way NFL does the way NBA does. I mean, even soccer stars get more love than the MLB allows. When are they gonna, you know, evolve? Because I think that would really help. Yeah, you know, baseball is a slow game in that regard. You know, I think it's really up to the player and maybe more so the team to kind of get together and see, you know, what image do we want to put out there, right? I mean, you see Mike Trout on a Subway commercial or you'll see certain guys occasionally, but you know, like I said, with the NBA and NFL, you know, 
pretty much every star on every team. Like, it doesn't matter what market they're in, right? Like Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars, you know, he's in Jacksonville, but you're still going to know his name. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you got to make it fun too. You got to make, whether it's a commercial or, you know, whatever it is, just bring the energy, show that like baseball's fun, you know, show the, show the guys um, having a good time. Um, You know, just, just make it, make it cool. I like that. Can we, can we clip that and send it to, you know, the <laughs> front offices? In I mean, you can. We can always hope. We can always hope. And I'm not going to ever boo anybody for backflipping. I mean, we need any kind of, you know, yeah. we need a little jazz fingers when we can get them. <laughs> One thing too now with like all this, all the um, technology that we have, you know, a lot of the kids, like they got the video games, like there's so many different outlets too. It's not just about picking another sport. Um, and they're getting that instant gratification from, you know, video games too. Like, you know, I played video games growing up, but it wasn't, it's like you had to beat the boss. Like you had to like go through it, you know what I mean? And, and then the game was over. Now it's like, oh, I need $10 for this. I need $10 for that. And it's just like, it's never ending, right? So it's just like, it keeps them so engaged. Um, and I'm not saying it's bad, but I think it's just like, we need to balance it better out and put emphasis you know, on sports or on working out or, you know, being, being healthy and then being able to, um, to show them like, it's okay to do both. Right. To be outside, right. Get outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm happy you're there. Um, one, I know we got to, we're cutting it close. Yeah. We got to wrap, we got to wrap it up. We want to thank James for his time. So we're going to end the show the way we always end the show, James. Uh, you know, when we invite people on the show, we like to treat this as a carnesada where we just hang out, shoot the shit, and uh, and talk crap uh, about baseball. So uh, I have some kickback questions for you, which are little rapid-fire questions. You can give okay. me short answers, or if you want to indulge with a story, by all means, do it. Okay. Um, so first one, I saw you when, when we lost the great Tommy Lasorda, I saw that you had posted a picture uh, on Instagram. Did you have any interaction with, I know Tommy was around and to people who weren't aware of Tommy Lasorda, to me, that is just the definitive, if you don't know what a baseball manager was, I would say that's who it is. Just look at Tommy Lasorda. That's a baseball manager. Did you have any memorable uh, interactions with him? Uh, Yeah, there was a few. There was a few. (laughs) Um, I mean, outside of the scouting, um, you know, when I was in high school, he was the first voice I heard right after I got drafted. So he was the guy, um, he was the guy that announced my name during the draft. Cause back then, I know Alicia said, I'm one of the old guys now. So they didn't have it on what? TV. No. They, uh, it was on, <laughs> it was just on like the streaming through the internet and he announced my name. So I thought that was pretty special right there, you know, right off the bat. And then when I got to meet him in spring training, you know, just talking to him and he's like, hey, you know, he's giving you tips too up there, you know, as a hitter. And then we were in Vero Beach, Florida for spring training. He would be right there in the dugout. Hey, you got to get the bat out there. You know, come on, let's go. But it was always, you always felt like, like he's got your back. You know, and like you always, you always felt like, you know, he almost felt like he was playing like kind of through you. I just felt like he was just so uh, entrenched in the Dodger culture and, um, you know, him being around the batting cage as well. Like, like I said, it wasn't just, he wasn't just showing face. Like he really did care about us winning. And I felt like he still had that part of him as a manager when he was around. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, a friend of the kind of saw that Joe Bimo was on the show and he would tell us stories about how he was convinced that Manny Ramirez had no clue what his name was. So he would just <laughs> call him lefty. So my question is, did oh, Manny yeah. know who you were? Uh, <laughs> was he actually, what was that Manny Wood experience like for you? No, I think it's a little different. I mean, Joe is the uh, relief <laughs> left-handed pitcher. You know, I think they're in two different worlds sometimes. I mean, I'll be honest. There, there's some pitchers that I don't even remember if I played with them necessarily. <laughs> but it's I don't mean it like that. It's almost just yeah. like yeah, yeah, you're not no, always yeah. around them. Yeah. And then you're like, you know their names, you know their faces. But then you're like, I know I played either against them or with them. <laughs> So it kind of like I get it, you know. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past uh, Manny not knowing his name. But no, Manny, uh, no, he he was cool. Like I remember he would come into the video room and you know he'd like, hey man, let's 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 look at this video. You know, he was he was a smart player. Uh-huh. Um, so he was definitely a a good guy to be around. 
Is it true that he really would just after the seventh inning, just get out of uniform and kick it in the locker room, just knowing <laughs> full well that he was coming out of the game? So there, we were in Milwaukee one time, and I think we were either winning by a lot or losing by a lot. So either way, he, he got taken. He was going to get taken out of the game. So he got his at bat, and they were like, uh, I think they said, like, you're, you're done or whatever. Or that's, you know, your last at bat. So then he goes, gets ready, goes to shower or change or do whatever in the locker room. But then we bat around the whole time during that inning. So there was never a move that had to be made. So then his spot came back up during that <laughs> inning. And they were like, Manny, Manny, wait, you're still in. He's like, what? So he's like coming out, belt unbuckled, <laughs> trying to get his pants on. And uh, I think we got him up there in time. <laughs> That's Manny being Manny. All right, last one, James. Uh, on the Bleed Lows podcast, we're about the Dodgers, we're about L.A., but we're also about tacos. And so we need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go in the city to get that taco? Oh, you're not going to like this answer. Oh, no. <laughs> you were doing so good, James. You were doing so good. I don't really eat tacos. Really? I used I used to eat tacos more. I don't know. I, I'm more of like a bowl burrito guy now. Oh, so you just, you, you're, you hate carbs. It, I, no, I know. I love carbs. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the problem, you know? Um I live in the valley, so it's not. I'm a, I haven't really explored too many of the Mexican places out here. Um, we got we got some good suggestions about tacos in the valley, but okay. I, I, you I can mean, Vasse as well. Vasse will yeah. right. Los Tordos. Yeah. I know that's the one he had Th talked there about before. Um, yeah, go go get taco advice from the uh, from the uh, from the Italian, and I'm sure he'll, <laughs> he'll tell he you. Lives in the valley. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know. I mean, I just like those hard taco shells you can buy at the store, like the little ones you used to buy and put the little so, shredded cheese on. And <laughs> I, I'm sensing that James Loney doesn't like to get dirty. Like, he doesn't want to hold a juicy, <laughs> giddy, you know, taco. He wants clean bowls, soft flour tortillas, and now we just heard... I get that. Hey, I'm with yeah. you, you know? But I'm isn't that more of a Tex-Mex <laughs> thing, James, the, yeah. the hard shell? Yeah, yeah, I like I like the hard shell. Like, you know, I'm not a, I said, I'm not opposed to it. I'm I'm always down. Like, I always tell people like, you know, I have a pretty healthy palate. It's nothing that I really won't eat. Um, it's just like if you tell me they're somewhere, and then you know, it's like Netflix. Like, if you tell me there's a show, I'll watch it. Right. So it's yeah. just like I usually got to get the recommendation or something like that. All right, we we need to get the Valley uh, recommendations out to James. There so. we go. <laughs> there you have it. Uh, we want to thank James Loney, uh, the newest analyst on Spectrum Sportsnet, uh, which you can catch him. He's already doing the spring training games, so he's already dropping the knowledge. Uh, it's good to have you back in the fold, James, and we want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. And uh, hopefully it wasn't too painful for you. <laughs> no, I think I'll recover. I'll be all You're right. Very good sport. Especially yeah. from the the ageist comments from um, Alicia Del Valle over there. So um, I was kidding, and you are Don't a worry. good sport. Congratulations it's not, again, Mr. Loney. It's not worse than what my kids kids say to me, so it's all good. <laughs> there you go. There you have it, uh, James Loney. Uh, James, are you on the socials? Can our listeners, our our viewers? follow you anywhere on social media or do you just not believe in that because it's not real no i'm still on there you know i've been on it you know a little more lately um you know i, I have this thing about social media like i was like i just try not to post dumb stuff because there's a lot of stuff out there now where i'm always like <laughs> why is that being posted but yeah, that's another another uh story for another day but uh yeah no, i'm at uh instagram james underscore loney and then the same on twitter so those are like the two that I've been using. Right there on. you go, folks. Make sure you follow him. He may give you an impromptu piano concert on <laughs> IG Live because the piano was placed there for a reason, I'm thinking, James. I think you were trying to share everyone your musical abilities. It well, worked with me. It's a newer house. There was not a lot of stuff on the walls yet. There's not a lot of great places to uh, to do a video call. <laughs> so I was like, well, got to have some kind of background, I figured. So I was, tr I was trying. 
It's or either that you can do an IG live video about how a burrito is a taco. We, we were told it's okay that a burrito is a taco. I know that might be controversial in some parts of the world. Hot take. Hot take. On the piano? You want me to create the song? Like, uh, yes, yes. That would be perfect. Please. <laughs> For the Bleed Lost podcast, it'll be our new theme music. James Oni on the keys yes. talking about how a burrito is a taco. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I, I, I will I will come up with it. I will come up with it. I have one video on my Instagram playing the piano. So oh, okay. oh, there we go. On there. We gotta we check, to check that, that out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, there you Thank have you. it. Thank you very much, James Loney. Yep. Good seeing you guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And a big thank you once again to James Loney for joining us on the show. Uh, he has now been introduced to, to the carne asada. Uh, Alicia, you've interviewed him before. Uh, mm -hmm. How did he come off to you? Do you did you sense a, a little difference now that he's retired, or is that James Loney? That's who James Loney's always going to be. Well, um, I think he is a little different, but in the best way. He's just not as reserved, and that's to no fault of his. I think you guys we've discussed this before. How Major League Baseball they don't encourage the players to be outspoken, outgoing superstars. I mean, that's why I brought it up too, Mr. Loney. I keep calling him Mr. Loney because I want to be, that's how Respectful. Much, <laughs> yeah, like he, he was very reserved, very quiet. He didn't offer much unless, you know, if you asked him, he kind of gave just like the bare minimum. But I get that. That was most major league players, you know? So it's a little different now. He's a little older now, and I'm not calling him old. I'm pretty sure I'm way older than him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying with, you know, age comes wisdom. He's probably a little more confident. And there's just with social media and stuff like that and us, you know, approaching him to, to be interviewed and he's all over the place with Spectrum. Good for him that he's, you know, more outgoing. He's got some jokes in there, right? He's a good sport I'm, I'm happy we got to talk to him and i'm happy that we're seeing you know the uh, what's another word so i don't keep calling him old one like what <laughs> viejo just say viejo no, no. just say viejo it's all right he's, the, he's the, distinguished now he's the, distinguished you know the mature or the i don't know it all you know bad. all our I'm listeners excited. know you're just listing synonyms for old now right oh I my mean... gosh no i have mad respect for james Lone. he's always been one of the good guys anywho but yes, he was more reserved. I'm liking this James Loney, and I think this will translate well on Spectrum, don't you think? Well, yeah. What I found uh, really interesting, though, to me, the hot take out of it is the given that I, Mookie, I think, is now transitioning to be a second baseman. So yep. I wonder what that is going to do to some of those guys in the minor leagues. Like, what does that mean for Miguel Vargas? If yep. Mookie... if I mean, Dave Roberts said it, and I know that Princesa is really worried about Mookie playing second base, but he, Robert said, expect about him to play 50 games. All right, so if he's going to play 50 games this season, how many more games is he going to play at second base next season? And what is that going to do to Miguel Vargas? Does that mean if Mookie becomes your full-time second baseman, where are you going to move Miguel Vargas to? Uh, you know, I'm just... I don't even like that, okay? I wish if he's going to be at second base, just do it. I'm a rip the band-aid off kind of girl. Just do it. Just tell us. Don't mess with us. Don't toy with us. If Mookie is going to play second base because you give Mookie everything he wants, then just do it. That way we could, you know, move forward and plan and, and be prepared. I don't. Is that a good thing? Is that a good strategy to move him back and forth? Isn't that more of the some of the things that they did not like about the Dodgers that a lot of players did not feel secure in their station, in their position? And then when it came time for playoffs, you know, where am I at? What am I doing? Like, and I know we have depth and I know I'm being a kind of a crybaby, but I just feel like we sh if he's if it's going to go that way, just get it over with. Rip it off. 
Babyface, are you as concerned as the princesa is about <laughs> this this move with Mookie? Well, I mean, what what is it for? Like, basically, is it because you're trying to preserve Mookie long term because he's got a long long term contract? Is he going to play more time at second because, like I said, that's going to stop wear and tear on him from being in the outfield? Is that the reason? I mean, then you know, if you're saying, okay, well, next year. Next year, Max Muncy may not be there. So a natural position for Vargas to go to is third, right, if you're going to keep Mookie continue to play that second. So, but like I said, I don't understand what is the reasoning that they're putting him at second. Is because it, he wants to be at second. But why? Is it, is it, is it still Mookie? But, but is it Mookie thinking, like, you know what, my I can extend my career this way? It's, it's not as, you know, the wear and tear is less at second than being in the outfield. Like there has to be some reasoning for him want to play there, not just because I want to be the second baseman. Okay, but does it matter what his reasoning is? If Mookie wants it, he's that kind of a superstar. He's going to get it right. Like it doesn't. Is it going to make me feel better that he wants to preserve himself? Like load management is for Major League Baseball. It's for our star pitchers, you know, like Kershaw, not Mookie Betts, who's being, you know. I should just shut up. Go ahead, one like I. I, yeah, I just, here <laughs> we go. Bizarro Alicia has entered the <laughs> the episode. I, I I mean, look, I I it is interesting in terms. I, I are you posing the question, Alicia, that the Dodgers didn't say we're doing this out of necessity? You think this is Mookie pushing the agenda? You know, Mike Trout just said the other day. Uh, while they were practicing for the World Baseball Classic, Mookie was taking ground balls at short. And this is Mike Trout saying he looked pretty natural at shortstop. So I know we had talked about, you know, what are we going to do to replace Gavin Lux? What if we put Mookie at short there, babyface? I mean, are you okay if, if if Mike Trout says he looks good at shortstop? Well, he comes from shortstop, right, babyface? That's what he played before the transition to right field. I think it was second, right? He played second, second. with the Red Sox. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, so I, I mean, I've heard people say Mookie looks like he can play, with the Trout that said he can looks like he yeah. can play anywhere except catcher, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And I'm sure he could probably play catcher if he wanted to. I mean, How Mookie. I mean, <laughs> Mookie seems to be that natural athlete that you could put him on the on the diamond anywhere. He's um, great. I mean. I mean, but I just, I just don't think you can start take. Okay, let's put this guy here and let's put him here and let's put him here because just because, just because, right? I mean, I let, think let, babyface. Let me ask you this: Do you think maybe he's pushing for second base because his hip is more of an issue that they're letting on? Because remember, that's why they put him at second base a couple of games to try to save him uh, from his hip. The the year that he got hurt, do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard anything about his hip in a, in a while. Go ahead, Alicia. Do you use your hips to bowl? Oh, it all goes back to the bowling, man. You guys really have an issue with Mookie bowling. I, I don't have a problem with him. Look, I, uh, Mookie, look, <laughs> the average was down last year, but his power numbers were up. I, I don't think, yeah, in the postseason, he had a bad postseason. He wasn't the only one. It's not like what we're talking about is that, you know, Mookie is pulling a John ja Moran and he's walking around with a gun in a nightclub. That's not, We're talking about the fact that Mookie bowls and that Wait, seems to be a, a problem for people. But bowling is a physical it is a movement, you know. I mean, well, and and, and to be clear, we—that's uh, just me being, you know, just totally making shit up. We don't know if his hip is an issue, but going along the premise that Babyface is saying, or like, where is this coming from? Where is this okay. move to second base? Are the Dodgers the ones that are saying, "Hey, we have a lot of outfielders. We don't have that same depth in the infield. So, what if we have you play second base?" So then, then you have Outman. I mean, for all you guys are worried about Mookie, I'm more worried about Jason Hayward than I am Mookie. I know everyone thinks that Jason Hayward is fixed and that Jason Hayward's going to have a huge season. I, until he does it, I, I don't... If it was that easy to fix somebody, 
it would happen all the time in baseball. What is what is Hayward making to be a Dodger? Well, he's going to end up making the minimum once he uh, once he makes the team. And what or, is can, or can they restructure his contract, <laughs> Babyface? Probably if they ended up like extending him or something like that. So you I'm think talking be, about because right. Mookie's a, a superstar. Morris is expected of him. Is that what you're saying, Alicia? That's what I'm saying. He literally is right now. We can't keep talking about the future unless if this is something like you brought up his hip. And, you know, we can't keep, if it is his hip and the Dodgers don't want to talk about it, I get it. We're not supposed to tell teams about our players, you know, Achilles and all that. But then I would understand. And they're not supposed to tell us. So if you're talking me off the ledge <laughs> by telling me what if this is preserving Mookie, he is that great baseball player. He's generational. I get it. I just, you know, when we had, when we had uh, Marta Rosa, Mark DeRosa talked about, you know, too bad Mookie isn't more of a leader. And now Mookie, it seems like, and the more you read about it, that Mookie wants to play second. And I know that was where he comes from, and I, and I get that. But what was he hired for, right? He wasn't hired to pay. He wasn't given the big uh, bucks and the big contract to, to play second base. So I, I'm trying to, to wrap my mind around if it is, load management to preserve Mookie's body, then I understand that. And it's and it's not all right as fans and as lead lowest podcasters where they have to tell us. But if it's just simply let's let's just throw a wrecking ball into everything that they've been building up and towards and and the young guys and all that because he wants to, I don't know. I just I don't I don't know. I don't know if that's a lot has happened and changed for Mookie. And are we getting that return? Yeah, and you know what? You're not the only one. Uh, Cody Snavely of Dodgers Beat wrote an article for Dodgers Beat. He doesn't like the move. He doesn't like uh, Mookie playing second base. He feels that's unnecessary. So, But it just seems James Lonely has told us he's playing second base at the WBC. It seems like it's a given. Like The Dodgers are perfectly fine with Mookie playing second base. Well, I mean, that's, I guess that's just a perk of being the superstar, right? You can't, <laughs> no want to upset Mookie nor magic. Oh. <laughs> I mean, too, also, I think it, it is a natural thing that the Dodgers do, right? They have players kind of all over the diamond, right? There, is there, is there one player that strictly plays one position, right? I mean, even like when Cody Ballinger was here. Freddie Freeman. Yeah. I mean, when Cody Freddie was, when Cody, is, a, is a superstar caliber like Mookie, and he's hired to be the first baseman and the hitter that he is. And has he returned on the investment the Dodgers made on him? Yes, he has. No, but Mookie got us a World Series, though. Remember the catch he made? <laughs> I'm just never going to convince Alicia of this. Don't you remember that catch he made in the outfield? Yes, no, during the. Yes. Yes, but you said it yourself just a few minutes ago. Mookie did not give us any kind of postseason play when we really needed it against our, you know, who the show pods. Um, but he wasn't the only one. He wasn't that's the not only. What we're one. talking about. We're talking about Mookie, <laughs> right? Got it. So Mookie has to. Mookie has more pressure, so he's the one that has to deliver. What were you going to say, Babyface? No, I was just saying. Just the Dodgers are known for that, right? Like, you know, Cody started at first, then he went to right, then he went to center, right? These guys move around. I mean, Freddie, Freddie, he didn't come up as a third baseman. So I'm sure if they wanted to give him a shot, they'd move him over to third if they if they, they were in a spot, right? So they know they have that flexibility, and I think they're just using it. Well, I mean, I think it brings it's to the point that Alicia, I think, was making in the sense the shift is gone this year. So we, we, we're going back to the old defensive ways, right? So I think, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Alicia, but you tell me, I think what you were saying is is moving these people around where they don't have a traditional position, would that affect your defense? Is that what you're saying? Yes, that. And also, is it is this a move because the Dodgers think it's the best for the team or is it because Mookie wants to be at second that that I, I have a problem with because I mm -hmm. trust in 
you know, the nerds upstairs and their stats and stuff. You know, we, we, we have a great season every year. We're very spoiled as Dodger fans. I love my daughters. You know that. I would just hate to think that players get to come in now and kind of, I don't know, demand if it's not the best thing for the team. I'm generalizing, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, it, no, it no. rubs me. It rubs me that way. And, and, and again, you're going to come at me. Everybody just relax. I'm not trying to start fights with our own players. But I hope. I'm putting this in the universe, and I hope that's not what it is. I hope that the Dodgers, like Babyface just said, recognize the depth that they have, and this would be okay. Now, is it best for the team and our upcoming season? There's a difference. One is not the other, right? Do, giving Mookie what he wants is not the same as is it best for the team, or will they happen to go together? I don't know. We'll see, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get that. Like, okay, so Mookie... Say Mookie wants to play second, right? So that opens up right field. Is is it better to have Mookie in right field or at second base? Where is the team better? Is the team better with Mookie in right or the team better with Mookie at second? And I think the team's better with Mookie in right, right? Yep. Well, I mean, that's what we're going to see, right? Because if it becomes very obvious in the season that the Dodgers are better with Mookie in right, then I think it's Alicia's point then what's best for the team is for Mookie to stay in right and not play 50 games at at second base. And look, I know Roberts probably just threw that number out there and no one's going to hold him to, oh, Mookie's going to play 50 games. But I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing is how this plays out. I mean, what if the team is better with Mookie playing second base? Well, yeah. I mean, who, who, who then are they putting out in the outfield? If that's the case, then that means Jason Hayward is hitting that means Outman is hitting that means Trace Thompson's hitting Dave Peralta it means all those other guys in the outfield are hitting so we have to find ways to put those guys in the lineup you have to find spots for those guys in the lineup but what is that going to do then for Miguel Vargas because if Mookie Betts is playing a lot of time at second base that's where you want Miguel Vargas to be playing because JD Martinez is your DH so if you're going to start DHing Miguel Vargas more, then that's not a good sign because that means J.D. Martinez is not hitting. So it, it's things to pay attention. As Alicia said, we're not saying that this is going to happen. I think these are storylines to keep an eye on and, and see. If it is glaringly obvious Mookie's better in right field, what are the Dodgers going to do? And if that becomes an issue... You guys can all give credit to Alicia because Alicia is yes. the one who brought it up. So just remember it that you heard it for your first on the Bleed Lows podcast. And then we can give Alicia her point where Alicia said, look, this is what was going to happen. I don't want to be right in that sense. I just want the Dodgers <laughs> to win. And if, if, if this is going to make sense, I would love to be wrong. I just... I just get the vibe that it's not what's best for the team. And I'm not the only one, you know. No, you're not. I just, I'm not the only one saying this. And and um, I just want the team to win. Bottom line, if I'm coming off unhappy or angry or aggressive, I just, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm panicking. And and we just had Mr. Loney on who told me to calm down. It's going to be all right. So <laughs> no I need to calm nada, down. Alicia. No pasa nada. No Everything pasa nada. is fine. Everything is fine. Uh, before we wrap things, you. go ahead. No, I was going to say, I love that you brought up uh, Trace Thompson and Outman. Both of those guys, they seem, or from everything we've been reading and hearing from them, they seem like they want a ball. Like, like I'm, li I'm liking what they're saying. Outman, I hope he just goes full beast mode. And Trace Thompson has challenged himself, right? Like he he said this is his season. So yay, distract us from Mookie being at second base. Like that's all good. Like <laughs> <laughs> look, it's a good problem to have because that yes. means all those dudes are hitting. Yes. If if they're not, then this is gonna become a, a non-issue. But it it is interesting that this is, I feel like this has escalated quickly to now it is a given that Mookie now is, is a second baseman. But who knows? Maybe our listeners are thinking like you guys are just being way too overdramatic. It's, it's not even a third of the season. Well, maybe it is a third of the season that Wait. he's going to be playing at second base. We, we asked 
uh, James Loney that question, and he didn't say Mookie wasn't going to play second base. No, right? he, James Loney said, because when I said, do the Dodgers carry an extra infielder because of the Lux injury, or do they carry the extra outfielder because you're going to move Chris Taylor into the infield? And Loney said, no, Mookie Betts is the extra infielder. I mean, that's what he said. And you're and going off of what's happening in the World Baseball Classic where Mookie is going to be playing second base. Now, is Mookie playing second base in the World Baseball Classic out of necessity because they have more than enough outfielders on the World Baseball Classic and they don't have enough infielders? Those are all things. It's just, look, this may be much ado about nothing, right? This is going to be a non-thing, but I just feel like all of a sudden it has escalated quickly to Mookie Betts is no longer right fielder. Mookie Betts is right fielder slash second baseman. What, what, what do you got, Alicia? I'm just saying. Also, friend of the carne asada, Mark DeRosa, when we had him on, remember he said Mookie called him and he loved his conversation with Mookie. He like, said nothing but great things about Mookie. What if Mookie asked Mark DeRosa, I want to play second base? And look, I mean, and maybe that's nobody knows himself better than Mookie, right? I guess, if, yeah, Mookie's at that level. I get it. You know, give the man what he wants. I just hope it works out for the Dodgers. That's all I'm going to leave with. A absolutely. So I, I want to wrap things up with one other thing that James Loney shared, and that was uh, the Manny Ramirez stories. I would, uh, okay. I'm just going to put this out there in, in the universe because it happened. I don't know if you guys remember when we did our year-end review, I had put it out in the universe that I would love to have Fernando Valenzuela as a guest on the show. And guess what? It was March and we got Fernando Valenzuela on the show. So for those of you who haven't seen that episode yet, you can check it out. Um, I would love to have Manny uh, on the show. Oh, yeah. Because all these stories about Manny just seem like I think it's what you're talking about with Mookie to a different degree, uh, Alicia, in the sense that there's all these stories of what a space cadet Manny was, but everybody <laughs> put up with it, right? Because he was that good. Right. You know, and it's like you want that guy in the lineup. If Mookie wants to play second base, you do it because Mookie is that good. But right. I digress to the to the Manny. It always seems to be the same story, right, Babyface? Yes. That Manny has his pants off and yes. everybody's just like, hey, dude, you're still in the game. I mean, yeah. the ambassador, Joe Bimel, told us that. And now Loney's telling us that it happened in Milwaukee. When Manny is done playing, the pants come off is, is yep. what it seems like. <laughs> I relate to that. We weren't born with clothes on. <laughs> Do you guys have any last words on Manny before we end the show? Just just real quick, going back to I got a little Mookie thing still. Uh -oh. um, so Mookie on, on the roster, I was looking at the roster. Um, so the only other right fielder is um, – is the Astros right fielder uh, Tucker? Tucker, right? Kyle Tucker, and the only other second baseman is McNeil. So, so what are you? Your conclusion is he's playing second base out of necessity on the World Baseball. I Classic? mean, I mean, that's my question. Like, is he playing it out of necessity? I mean, you got Kyle Tucker and you have McNeil. So, like, who would so you rather? So, what's a better line? What's a better lineup? Mookie and right and McNeil at second, or Tucker and right and Mookie at second. Mookie at second because he does yeah. have that history of playing. I I think Tucker in right and Mookie at second is a better line. Okay. Yeah, and and, and Tucker's left, Tucker's left-handed too, right? So maybe they want that left-handed bat. It. Yeah, he's a left-handed bat. I mean, look, this is why we had. This is what happens on the carne asada. That no pasa nada. This we don't hate each other. We have opinions and we're putting them out. Right. I mean that's all. I mean I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna hear it from our listeners once this episode drops about like what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> you know this 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 is nothing. Wait until the season plays out. It's right. just hypotheticals. Uh, either way, it was. It's nice to see James only. I did yes. not know that he was a musician, and Alicia put him on the same you know plateau as John Legend. So we we got. <laughs> And now I got to go back and look at that IG and see what, what he was playing uh, uh, on the piano. But I think it is nice to see former Dodgers come on sports, uh, Spectrum Sportsnet. And, you know, you see this, I think, with other stations. The former players 
it's nice to see them come back and now you 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 hear their two cents because i yeah. do think that james loney will be able to add a lot to the fact these young kids because he was a part of that young group remember i mean i really thought in 2008 that this was just going to be the beginning of like james loney is going to be the dodgers first baseman for like 10 years it didn't work out that way. So it, maybe it also serves as a reminder, as high as we are on Miguel Vargas and James Outman, it may not work out the way we, we thought it was going to work out. I mean, I keep seeing this all over Twitter. All the people that thought Cody Bellinger and Corey Seager were going to be Dodgers for life. And, and look what happened. You know, they're gone. Any closing thoughts, Alicia? I've calmed down. I really believe that the Dodgers are going to do what's best for the Dodgers. I appreciate James Loney coming on and spending time with us. I'm so happy for him and his family that they are back in Los Angeles. Like you said, Juan, I like when former players return home and can contribute as someone who was actually on the field wearing that uniform. I have much respect for that. So congratulations to him. Babyface, any last words? I just didn't like that he said he was an Astros fan. Uh, of course. Oh, it all goes, my it all goes. Even so, I got over that. <laughs> so we talked to him for, what, maybe, you know, 25 minutes, and all you got out of that was that he was an Astros fan? Yeah, once I heard that word, I was like, oh, man. You, you just I wanted digress. to end the yeah. interview? Yeah, you yeah. notice how he brought up that other team's cheat. He, he started his whole um, rebuttal with, I mean, we, we see other teams doing it. I'm like, dang. <laughs> Look, I, you know, the way you, you are with Mookie, this is the way I am with this. There's that other book by Evan, uh, the what is it? The Cost of Winning or anything, the one that accused the Dodgers of cheating. That's not the first time I've heard this. I've heard this forever. Uh, for for a couple of seasons now, I mean, the Red Sox and the Yankees all got busted for cheating. They just didn't get busted to the level that the Astros got busted. That's that's the key, though. Is the Astros? I feel took it. This is a whole other episode. Let's let's wrap yeah, yeah. up. We, we we could go down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> you can blame Babyface. He always brings in the Astros. You know, in this, it's 2017. We got it. We got to put it behind us. But anyways. We, we digress. Uh, so for those of you who are just stumbled upon us here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can catch all our episodes on YouTube. Uh, if you prefer to listen in the car, then subscribe to the audio version of this podcast uh, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Uh, for this episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast, you have seen servidor Juan Ramirez de parte de mis colegas Alicia and Babyface. Nos vemos para la próxima. This episode of the Bleed Lows Podcast has been brought to you by betonline.ag, where the game starts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.